reason why Jesus didn't call down a legion of angels to kick the behinds of those soldiers that were mocking him, but he allowed them to put their crown of thorns on his head is because he's saying, you are just proving who I am. In the midst of your folly, I'm going to use it for the favor of everybody else. In this moment, now they know that I have become the cursed to free them from the curse. I'll wear the thorns and the thistles. I'll take the pain as a result of the curse. I'll be the curse. Is anybody ready for the word of the Lord this morning? If you are, just type in hallelujah. Just clap your hands right where you are. It is time for the word of God. Hallelujah. I'm excited about what the Lord is going to do this morning. So come on, let us pray. Let us pray this morning. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the opportunity that I have this privilege, oh God, to bring forth your word. Lord God, I do not count it a small thing. Lord, to just come before you and before your people and speak your word. I pray that today, oh God, that they are engaged, equipped, empowered, and encouraged to do your will on this earth. Help me to declare publicly, oh Lord, what you have given to me in our secret place. May you be magnified. I decrease, Lord, as you increase. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We're going to open up with our opening scripture this morning, and we're coming out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19 through 20. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19 through 20, it says this, for what is our hope or joy or our crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For you are our glory and our joy. Amen, amen. If you're taking notes today and I encourage you to do so, the word that the Lord has for us today is entitled crowns, crowns. And so we are going to be talking about some things that I believe the Lord has, has uh, laid on my heart and that he wants to lay on your heart. Listen, here's the reality. The reality is, is this. In modern day society, what we value will be displayed in any number of ways. Whatever it is, so, so, so to me, it doesn't really matter so much what you say your values are, as much as it shows, as, as much as it shows me what you do. So what you do is going to show me what you truly value. See, this is the reason why tithing is so important. It's not because God needs your money. God can find somebody else that's willing to give and give joyfully and give cheerfully. The reality is oftentimes God wants to see, can you trust me? Can you trust me with your finances? I always say, if you want to see what somebody truly values, you're going to look at what they spend their money on. 
If you want to see what somebody really values, pay attention to what they spend their money on. That's one good way to tell. And so for those people who, who withhold unduly and come to poverty, you can see, well, what the, every time you withhold, what are you spending your money on? And what is the heart behind you withholding? Is it a lack of trust? Is it that idea that, well, I'm going to save aside today for what God might not do tomorrow? Whatever the case, it's not so much what you say is your value. It's what you do that shows what you truly, what you truly value. As you pay attention to people, you'll find out real quick what they value. Pay attention to them. Don't always pay attention to what they say. Pay attention to what they do, and you'll see what they truly value. Listen, oftentimes the things we value in life is, is displayed through the decisions that we make day to day and how we spend our time, regardless of what you say or what you do. Listen, in any monarchy, wherever there is a king and, and a queen, in any monarchy, th th they always have, oftentimes they have a, a crown that symbolizes their authority in the land. So you're not going to see someone who is not a king in a town where there are there in a nation where there's a monarchy. You're not going to see someone who is not the king sitting on a throne and wearing the king's crown. Only the king can wear the king's crown. Now, here is what is is cool about the crowns of royalty. Oftentimes, depending on what they valued, the crown often represented what the kingdom that they ruled valued. And so I'll give you a couple of examples, and, and you can bring that first slide up. If they valued faith, then oftentimes you'll see that at the top of their, of their crown, you're going to see a, a cross. And what that means is as the king or the queen wears their crown, what they're saying is, I, I run a nation that, that has a strong faith. Uh, one, one, the key thing, one of the, the, the main things that we value on this earth and in this, in this kingdom and in this land, we value faith. And so on top of the crown, you'll see a symbol of faith here. In this example, we see the cross. I believe that is a, a crown of, of, of Sweden. I'm not quite sure. I don't remember for sure which crown it is, but these are real crowns I'm showing you. And so it shows their value right at the, at the top of the crown. Another crown, maybe, maybe it's not so much faith that they value. Maybe that kingdom values bravery. And we can show this next one. If you look at the top of this crown, you'll see that this crown has what's called the, the rampant lion. And this is the lion that has his teeth are showing and, and, and the, the claws are, are coming out. And, and, that, and what that symbolizes is bravery. It symbolizes that we are a nation that values bravery. I believe Scotland once had a, or, or has a flag, the monarchy had a flag that had the rampant lion on it. We value bravery. That's the, the thing that we care about the most in this land. And there it sits on top of the crown. And, and then yet and still there are some other crowns that, that show what the kingdom truly values. And maybe it's not bravery. Maybe it's not faith. Maybe it's riches. Maybe it's wealth, and, and, and so you'll see some crowns that they are just adorned with the, the biggest and most precious jewels that exist in that land or in the land of, of other places. And so they'll put on their crown all kinds of diamonds and rubies and sapphires and, and emeralds. And so that's what we see here in this crown. It's not faith necessarily that they value. It's not even bravery necessarily. It's wealth. We live in a land of wealth. And so the crown represents what the kingdom values. You can 
take that slide down. And so that the crown represents what the kingdom values, faith, bravery, wealth, whatever the case. Now, out of all the kingdoms that exist on this earth, all the kingdoms that that are here on this earth and, and maybe kingdoms and empires that ha have risen and, and have fallen. All the kingdoms since the creation of mankind, all with their different crowns and all with their different jewels. The reality is this. Some of them valued faith, some valued bravery, some valued wealth. But don't you think, don't you think it's interesting that the king of kings and the lord of lords, he's not king of a land. He's not a king. He is the king, king of kings, Jesus Christ, our savior. All man and all God, all at the same time walking amongst us, the living word in human form walked amongst us. He did not have a gold encrusted uh, uh, a crown. He did not have, filled with jewels and gems and diamonds. On top was not a, a rampant lion that, that, that showed he was brave. On top was not a, a cross. On top was not, it didn't have all kind of, uh, of, of gems and all those different things. Our king of kings, the king of kings and lord of lords, the crown that he wore, it was fashioned by those who mocked him. It was fashioned by those who were teasing him. Fashioned by those who, seek, who sought to ridicule him. And so they took a crown of thorns and they, and they put them together and they turned it into, into a crown. It looked a little something like, like this. And you can show that slide and they put it on his head. And you have to understand this. They did not just place it gently on his head, but they pressed it into his scalp. And as they pressed it into his scalp, the blood came running down to the point where he could barely even see. And what they were saying to him as they were mocking him was look at this king of the Jews he thinks he's king of the Jews we'll give him we'll give him a crown all right and they press this into his into his scalp now now watch this isn't this interesting you can you can take that down isn't this interesting that yes the king of kings and the lord of lords didn't have those beautiful crowns that we just saw moments ago but he had a crown of thorns that was a painful crown to wear. Now you take that and you apply that to what we just discovered about crowns. Well, Pastor Jason, you just said that the crown, the king's crown, the queen's crown, it represents what the kingdom values. And so Jesus is wearing a crown of thorns on his head. And he allowed it to happen. You've got to understand this. One of the most powerful times in Scripture, as Jesus is going through his persecution, he says, man does not take my life from me, but I give it up willingly. And, and so Jesus allowed this crown of thorns to be formed and allowed this crown of thorns to be pressed into his scalp. And so if crowns represent what is valuable to the kingdom, what is God saying about what the kingdom values? What is God saying 
about what the kingdom, what the kingdom values. I'll tell you, if you're taking notes, I'll give you three things that God is showing us through what the crown of thorns shows is valuable to the kingdom. And they all start with an S. Somebody say at home, salvation. Somebody say sacrifice. And somebody say service. Three things. Not the only three things, but the key three things that this crown of thorns represents is what the, that the kingdom values, that the kingdom cares about. It's not riches and, and money. It's not you being super brave and, and showing that you are, are, are some chivalrous knight who can, who can save this person and that person. No, it's not about any of that. And, and this crown of thorns that Jesus wore on his head is showing that the kingdom values salvation. Understand this, this crown of thorns, everything that Jesus did and everything that Jesus allowed, it was so that the Old Testament prophecies would come to pass. Otherwise, if he didn't, if he didn't uh, fulfill the Old Testament prophecies, then, then God's word would come back to him void, and Lord knows that it never will. And so one of Jesus' missions here on this earth was to fulfill what the Lord said would happen. And so the crown of thorns is formed and it's put on his head now. Now, to the soldiers, they were doing it so that they could mock Jesus and make fun of Jesus. But they didn't even know that in that moment, they were fulfilling the Old Testament prophecy and showing anybody who was paying close enough attention who Jesus really was. In forming that crown of thorns, they confirmed further who Jesus Christ was. What are you talking about, Pastor Jason? Well, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 17 through 18, it says this. It says to Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. Next verse. It will produce what? Thorns and thistles. The, the, because of the curse, the ground will produce thorns and thistles for you and you will eat the plants of the field. And so what did we just see? What an interesting connection that we can now make. The Old Testament curse as the result of the fall of man, the ground would produce thorns and thistles. Thorns and thistles would it produce and now they are forming this crown of what? Thorns and thistles that they would put on the top of my Savior's head. Listen, the crown of thorns and thistles that the soldiers used to mock Jesus was the very crown that represented their freedom because of the Savior that he was. What do you mean, Pastor Jason? Let's go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. It says this, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So that's a good place to praise him right there. Somebody ought to just clap your hands right there behind your screen, right there wherever you are. Somebody ought to just type in hallelujah that the scripture says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. The soldiers believed 
that they were mocking Jesus when in actuality, while they were mocking him, they were confirming who Jesus was and what he came to do. In that moment, the reason why Jesus didn't call down a legion of angels to kick the behinds of those soldiers that were mocking him, but he allowed them to put their crown of thorns on his head is because he's saying, you are just proving who I am in the moment, in the midst of your folly. I'm going to use it for the favor of everybody else because in this moment, now they'll know. If they know the Old Testament scripture, in this moment, now they know that I have become the cursed to free them from the curse. No longer will life produce for you thorns and thistles. I'll take it. I'll wear the thorns and the thistles. I'll be the one to let it press into my scalp. I'll take the pain as a result of the curse. I'll be the cursed to free you from a curse. So go ahead, form the crown of thorns. Press them into my scalp. Let my righteous blood flow. I'll take the curse upon me to free them from the curse. The crown that our king wore, it showed that the kingdom values salvation. Somebody say salvation. It also showed that the crown that Jesus wore, it shows that the kingdom valued sacrifice. You see, Jesus could have called it all off, but he gave his life willingly. He showed us what it looked like to die to ourselves and to live for God's will. He showed us living example, not from on high, but up close and personal. This is what it looks like to die to yourself and live God's will. The kingdom values sacrifice. John chapter 10, verse 17. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my Father. The kingdom values, the crown that Jesus wore on his head, that crown, it represents salvation, and it also represents sacrifice. I'll die to myself. Even when I'm, I'm crushed to the point where I perspire blood, I'll die to myself to live, to live for you. This kingdom values sacrifice. What else does it value? It also values service. So we have salvation, we have sacrifice, but it also values service. Listen, the reality is, and we just talked about it a moment ago, Jesus came riding on a not a valiant steed, not some huge, amazing, gigantic colt that is that is that is that all any knight or any soldier would love to ride on into, into battle. No, Jesus rides in on a donkey, yes, to fulfill Old Testament prophecies, but also there's symbolism in that. Listen, nobody. A, 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 a donkey was a is an animal that was used for work, for hard work, for laborious work. It was not something that a king would ride into town on. And so, just the mere fact that Jesus rides in, yes, fulfilling Old Testament prophecy, but also showing that this is a king who came not to serve, not to be served, but to serve. The kingdom values service. 
It shows that Jesus put, a, put aside his own convenience. Now, you have to understand this because sometimes we miss this. You have to understand the, the, the value and the convenience of heaven. Heaven is more convenient than we could ever seek to imagine. And Jesus left it to come and walk amongst the muck and the mire and save us from it. He didn't come. Yes, it was wonderful where they recognized who he was and they laid down palms and they laid down their finest garments and they shouted, Hosanna in the highest, come and save us. Yes, that's what you do for a king who rides in triumphantly into your town. But the reality is Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve. Somebody say salvation, service, and sacrifice. This, this is what this, this crown not adorned with precious jewels, not adorned with, with, with a, with a pearl-encrusted cross or with a, a rampant lion on the top to symbolize his bravery, nothing but that which symbolized the curse to free us from the curse. This is what the kingdom values. You see, it's not just what Jesus said that shows us what the kingdom values. It's what Jesus did. Salvation, sacrifice, and service. Now, now watch this. Here's the, here's the beautiful thing. The beautiful thing about our kingdom is that Jesus isn't going to be, when all is said and done, this is where I get excited, Jesus isn't going to be the only one wearing the crown. Listen, how many of those of you at home know that Jesus is no longer wearing this crown of thorns? Jesus wore this crown of thorns. It served his purpose when he went into the ground and came up three days as we are going to celebrate next week. He traded in the crown, that crown that represents the curse, and he traded it in for that crown crown that only our king of kings and our lord of lords can wear he is just that the king of kings and the lord of lords and so he's not wearing that crown anymore and and one day on that great getting up morning when we see jesus face to face he won't be wearing that crown because you've already been freed and the work had already been done and not only will he not be wearing that crown, he'll have a beautiful crown of his own. But guess what? You too will have a crown. This is the reality. Anybody who is of royal blood. Thank you, Jesus Christ in heaven. Anybody who is the child of a king. Anybody who is the child of the queen. Anybody within the lineage of royalty. They too are royalty they too are royalty this is one of the reasons why i saw i saw the uh the royals talking about their departure from the kingdom she said listen my my son they told me that my son is not going to be considered a prince i'm not getting into all the details i don't know if that's true what's true what's false i wasn't there i don't know but she was upset because she said how can my son be married to a prince and not be considered a prince himself and that is boggling to them because the rule is when you come from kingship, you too are royalty. And God is, is understands that as well. And so when all is said and done, because you are the king's child, you too will have a crown that represents that you are 
a child of royalty. I'm so glad because of Jesus we've been grafted into the will of God. And so we can be considered to be child, children of God. We can be considered a chosen generation, a, a royal priesthood. And, and so we too will have a crown. Well, Pastor Jason, what are you talking about? What crowns are you talking about? Listen, the reality is this. Because we've been grafted into the kingdom through Jesus and his sacrifice, through salvation, and through his, through his service, we have crowns. And the same way the king of this land that have come and gone, they have crowns that represent what they value. So will we too, one day, if we play our cards right, we too will have crowns that represent kingdom values. But what are these crowns that you're speaking of, Pastor Jason? There's five of them, if you don't know. And we're going to quickly go through all five. The first one is the crown of righteousness. Somebody say the crown of righteousness. Now you got to understand this. Not everybody gets every crown. I don't know about y'all, but I'm getting my crown. But not everybody gets every crown. There are certain, certain things, certain way that your heart has, has, to be, has to be yielded and transformed in order for, for this to be your reward. Listen, the crown of righteousness, this is a crown that is given to those that live a righteous life. I'm not saying you do everything right. There's no only one that has done everything right. But you, you are one who has fled from sin and you did what was right in God's eyes. You pressed, pressed, pressed toward the mark. You didn't run toward sin, but every time sin, uh, sin presented itself and the opportunity to sin presented itself, you ran, as Paul said, you ran in the other direction. And any time that you, that you fell, you quickly repented and you refrained from making that same mistake over and over and over and over and over again. No, no, no. You fled from sin. You ran from sin and did what was right in God's eyes. What do you mean? We talk about it in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. It says, this is Paul speaking, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me. There it is, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge himself, he's going to give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who loved his appearing all who loved his appearing and so there you have it that crown of righteousness it's not going to be given to you by somebody that's just hanging out in heaven no it's going to be given to you by the righteous judge himself and he will give you the crown of righteousness for all those who loved his appearing for all those who did not fall for all the wickedness that is presented in this world for all those who said no I recognize that everything that the world is presenting to me is opposite of the world of word of the, the word of God and so I'm not going to indulge in the nonsense that the world presents, but I'm going to run toward his righteousness. You, child of God, when all is said and done, you will receive the crown of righteousness on that day. Why? Because you're a child of God that has shown that you valued, not just with your words, but with your actions, that you value what the kingdom values. And because you're the son or the daughter of royalty, the crown of righteousness there's another crown. It's called the imperishable crown. The imperishable crown. This is, this is, I have something to remind me of the imperishable crown in, in my office. Listen, this, this crown is given to those who deny themselves for Christ. And they are not just hearers of the word of God. 
but they are doers of the word of God. It's something that I say over and over and over again. Maybe it's on Motivated Monday, maybe right here on Sunday morning. Listen, it's not enough to just hear the word. You've got to hear it. You've got to take it in. You've got to ingest it. You've got to get everything from it. And then after you hear it, you have to do it. And then you can't just stop there. You can't just hear it and do it. But you have to hear it, do it, and then you've got to share it. What good is a precious word that you keep to yourself? Hear it, do it, and share it. The imperishable crown is for those who deny themselves for Christ's sake, and they are doers of the word. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 says, Do you not know that those who run in a race, all of them run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown or one that fades away over time. But we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. But I discipline, here it is, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. No, no, no. I die to myself, and I am a doer of the word. Worst thing that can happen is you have a preacher or somebody that is teaching, and they never ever do what they're suggesting you to do. Never ever doing. They have an understanding of scripture, have an understanding of the word of God, but they never actually do. All they do is preach and they never do. I don't know how many people that have fallen away from the body of Christ, fallen away from the church because they see the preacher doing opposite of what he preaches. We know the old saying, practice what you preach. I don't know about y'all, but I'm trying to get my crown of that is imperishable, my imperishable crown. When all is said and done because you're a son of the king, a daughter of the king who has denied themselves and has been diligent to be a doer of the word on that day, you will receive your imperishable crown that Paul is talking about. Next is the crown of life. Now, I don't know too many people personally that are going to get this crown or that have that will get this crown but maybe I will we don't know how things will turn out but this is something that you only get that's in accordance to what we talked about last week when it says I haven't given you the spirit of fear that fear that God is talking about is that fear that comes as a result of Christian persecution you get scared and you hide and you renounce Jesus as your savior because you want to keep your life and in that moment, you realize, oh, my God, Scripture is true. He who, he who denies himself will, will receive life, and he who tries to keep his life will lose it. This crown of life is for those who go all the way for their faith, even to the point of death. Stephen, the first martyr, is going, probably going to get the crown of life. Paul, many of the disciples get the crown of life. This crown of life is given only to those who die for the sake of Christ. What am I talking about? Revelation chapter 2 verse 10. It says this, do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison 
that you may be tested and you will have tribulation 10 days. Be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. Be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life, says the Lord. And so don't fear the persecutions that may come. And please, don't get it twisted. We live in this blessed United States of America. And right now, at least for this moment, we can be Christian by convenience. We can be safe and be Christians. But I'm telling you, a time is coming, just like we've seen in nations all around the world, where you're not going to be able to say the name of Jesus without them saying that you are giving hate speech, without them throwing your behind in jail, without them cursing you or firing you or even wanting to kill you because of the Jesus that you serve. And in that moment, God is saying, I haven't given you the fear to shy away from those who may kill you because of me. Stand boldly, child of God, when those times come. And when you do, when you hold on to your faith, come hell or high water, when you hold on to my unchanging hand, even in the very face and the scariness and the finality of death, I'm telling you, child of God, when all is said and done, you will be one of those who will walk in the fullness of life and you will be wearing that crown that only only the martyrs wear, only those who went all the way for the cause of Christ, you will receive the crown of life. James chapter 1, verse 12, it says this. It says, do not fear any of those things. I'm sorry, James chapter 1, verse 12 says, blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Crown of life. Then there is, there's two more. We're going to get ready to wrap up now. The crown of glory. This is one that I pray someday I'll be able to wear. I think of, of our, our former pastor, Pastor Todd Foster, whom I love and we love. I can see him wearing his crown of glory. Pastor Leslie Foster, Pastor Gerald Wilkson, and the staff here at Church on the Rock, Pastor James, and Pastor Kierce, and Pastor Asia, and, and Pastor Orlando. This, this is the crown that, 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 that we get to wear if we play our cards right. See, this, this crown is given to the clergy, the pastors, the bishops, the, the elders. And First Peter chapter 5, verse 2, it explains it. It says this, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you're willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. 
Listen, just because you may call yourself pastor or you may call yourself bishop or you may call yourself elder this, elder that, whatever the case, you can be that and you can get the certificate, you can take the classes, but if you are not walking as someone who serves, not coming to be served but to serve, not doing that out of dishonest gain, if you are those who don't care anything about your flock, you're not tending to the flock and you're not making provisions for the flock or making a way to make sure that they are engaged, equipped, empowered, and encouraged. You can be a pastor, a bishop, or whatever all you want, and you will not get your crown of glory. It's for those who do so with a right heart, serving not because they must, but because they, they will. Not for dishonest gain, but to see the body of Christ move forward and to see people free from the chains that have held them in bondage in and through Christ Jesus. The crown of glory. It's for those who do just that. And then, and then there's, one, there's one special one. One special one that I think is particularly beautiful. Out of, out of all the four that we just talked about, there's one that really hits, it hits home. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19 through 20, our opening scripture, it said, for what is our hope? For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you and the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ that is coming? For you are our glory and our joy. Watch this. That scripture can be a little bit confusing when you read it the first time. Or the second time, if you're anything like me, I had to look back and say, well, who's the you that you're talking about? And all the other ones are pretty clear about the crown that you're receiving. But this one, this one seems a little bit, a little bit abstract to me, Lord. Help me, help me solidify this thing. There's a scripture in Proverbs. It says this. It says, and I'm paraphrasing. It says, a parent's children's children are their crown." So in other words, a grandparent's grandkids, when they're all in the house together and they're all around them or all around grandma, all around grandpa, in that moment, all the grandpas, shout out to all the grandpas and the grandmas out there that have been blessed with the opportunity to be surrounded by your grandchildren. The word of God calls that your, your crown. When you're surrounded by your grandchildren. Now, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19, Paul, Paul says, for, for what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ that is coming? Who is the you that he's talking about? Well, in this scripture, Paul is talking and writing to the church in Thessalonica. And he's, he's writing letters to the people of God, and many of them have received Jesus Christ because of Paul and the seeds of faith that he had planted in them. And now they're growing in the things of God, and they are true believers in the things of God. And so he's writing to the very people that he got saved. And he's saying to them, you, church and Thessalonica, you... You are. He says this. He says this. He says, 
He says, uh, for what is our hope or joy or kind of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus at his coming? Now watch this. He says, for you are our glory and our joy. Paul is saying, you, church in Thessalonica, you are the crown of rejoicing. Well, Pastor Jason, how can, how can people be a crown? We just discovered it, that a grandparent's grandchildren, as they surround them, Scripture says they are their crown. And so, like Paul, someday when all is said and done, someday on that great getting up morning where the dead in Christ rise first, and those who are alive in Christ rise after them. We go and meet with the Lord in the air. And after the enemy and everyone that has followed the enemy gets thrown into that lake of fire, the gates of heaven swing open and we enjoy an eternity in his presence. And some of us are going to be wearing a crown of glory. Some of us are going to be wearing a crown of life. Some of us are going to be wearing a crown of righteousness. Some of us are going to be wearing all different types of crowns. If you're a believer in Jesus and you die a believer in Jesus, you're going to have some type of crown. But this crown is a little bit different because in the midst of everything that is taking place in heaven, the angels and the cherubim and the seraphim are encamped around the throne and they're worshiping at the throne. And the elders and the 144,000 are before the throne worshiping. And those who are clothed in white, whose numbers cannot be counted, those are the redeemed of the Lord, will all be before the throne in worship wearing our crowns but this crown you may look and say well where's my where's my crown of rejoicing I, I see all the different where's my crown of rejoicing in that moment you will be surrounded by every and anyone that you have ever led to Christ in your life the stranger that you met in line at the grocery store that you talk to about the hope of glory. The one, you know, that one that you didn't think was listening to you because he was just trying to pay for his groceries and walk away. The one you didn't think heard you at all. The one who later received Christ because the seed that was planted, that precious moment as you waited in line for your groceries, he is going to be a part of your crown of rejoicing. He's going to be there celebrating with you before the throne. Come on, that son or that daughter that went their own way and they decided to walk away from Jesus and you felt like all the praying that you did and all the preaching that you did to them and all the reading the scriptures over them while you thought they were sleeping all of those things fell upon the fertile ground in their heart though you didn't know it and they receive Christ maybe they receive Christ after you've gone on to glory but they receive Christ because of the seed that you planted in their heart mom or dad because of the seed that you planted that allowed them to receive Christ they're going to be there in your crown of rejoicing and they're going to be celebrating and thanking the Father because of you. The homeless man, the homeless woman that you gave a sandwich to and that you prayed for when no one else took the time to do so. 
And you asked them in that moment, do you know the Lord Jesus? And they, and they told you, no, I don't know him. And you, and you took some time standing right there at that red light and you prayed for them to receive Christ. Even though you may have forgotten about that moment, in that moment they too are going to be a part of your crown of rejoicing. And they're all going to be there on that glorious day shouting glory, glory to the God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. They're going to be a part of your crown. And here's the beautiful thing, and we're going to close right here. You're going to have this crown of people surrounding you as we worship before the throne, praising God because of your faithfulness to sow the seed of faith in them. And they're going to be rejoicing, and we're going to be high-fiving, and we're going to be hugging, and we are not going to be experiencing any pain or hurt or frustration or bigotry or injustice or poverty, anything, just rejoicing in his presence. And watch this. Once you, you take a moment to look around you, and see all these people that you thought you, that, that you forgot about or that you thought forgot about you rejoicing, then you're going to realize, oh my gosh, I too am a part of somebody's crown of rejoicing. And so you're going to find that person, that person that shared the love of God with you. The same way that you have a crown of rejoicing for yourself, you're going to see off in the distance that preacher or that mother or that father or that friend or that complete stranger that shared the good news of Jesus to you. And you're going to run up to them and you're going to rejoice and you're going to give them a high five and they're going to say, oh my God, thank you. Thank you for saving me from the grips of hell if you didn't come to me that day if you didn't call me that day if you didn't stop me in the grocery store that day I would be at that place called hell eternally separated from you Jesus so I thank you for your faithfulness you are going to be a part of somebody else's crown of rejoicing and so this gives you a snapshot of heaven we think that we experience heaven on earth no 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 it's nothing in comparison to what we're going to see you're going to be rejoicing with those who have led you to christ and others are going to be rejoicing with you because you led them to christ and so you'll be going back and forth oh thank you for sharing the word of god with me and others are going to be thanking you for sharing the word of god with them all of this is going to be happening before the throne of god and there we will be child of God I don't know what your situation is today and I don't know how you've chosen to live your life maybe you're watching this word and you made up in your mind that you know that the word of God is created by some man some some old white king somewhere and they just use that to to keep me enslaved it's all a, a plot from the man I pray for you but maybe today that's what you've thought and at this moment do you recognize that the word of God is real, it's true, it's alive, and it's well. And today you don't, not, you're not even worried about the crowns right now. You're just trying to get into heaven. <laughs> well, I want to say to you, you are just one prayer away from joining this universe's most beautiful moment of joy and praise that anyone could ever experience. One prayer away. The only way to get to heaven. I don't care what Oprah told you. I don't care what your favorite rapper told you. 
I don't care what your favorite music star, pop star, I don't care what your man, mailman told you. Unless they told you that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, truth and the life, and no man cometh unto God except through him, then they are telling you a bold-faced lie. And unless you accept Jesus as Savior, you will die, and you will go to hell. You won't have a crown, and you will experience eternal torment where life has no end. You just keep dying over and over and over again. Actually, you're going to wish to die, but you can't. I don't want that for you, and God doesn't want that for you. Today, you had an opportunity to be a part of somebody's crown of rejoicing and to one day have a crown of rejoicing of your own. One prayer away. Can you pray with me today? Let's pray. I'll pray right with you because all of us are imperfect, clinging to the hand of a perfect God. Let's pray. Just repeat after me. Say, Father, here I am. Lord, on this day, I thank you for this word, and I receive it, Lord. I turn away from a life of sin, and I run to your righteous, outstretched hand. Lord, forgive me of all of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me in your blood. In Jesus' name. Lord, I believe that you suffered, that you died and you were buried. And on the third day, you rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures. You have ascended into heaven and have given me the gift of your Holy Spirit to lead me, to guide me, to change me, to correct me, and to love me, to empower me. I receive that gift right now. Fill me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Lord, on this day, you are mine. And finally, hallelujah, I am yours. In Jesus' name. Come on, right there on Facebook Live, right there on YouTube. I can't see the harvest, but I know it's there. Welcome to the crowd of rejoicing. Welcome to the kingdom. Welcome to eternal life in the presence of Jesus. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time today, or maybe it's a rededication, I just invite you to email us at info at rocknewhaven.org. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd love you to register for service next week, April 4th. Resurrection Sunday, we're going to celebrate. We're going to give God the glory. We're going to get a word. Hope to see you there. God bless you. I love you till I see you again. Love God. Love yourself. Love each other. God bless.